You are listening to Supporting Supporters, a Change to Chill podcast. This is a free mental well-being resource offered by Alina Health. My name is Tanya Freeman. I'm a licensed psychologist and regional lead psychologist with Alina Health. These podcast episodes are aimed with the goal of providing quick, tangible resources and information from Alina Health mental health providers on a range of mental health topics relevant to day-to-day lives of the listener. We invite you to join us in any way you please, whether you sit back and kick your feet up, or as you engage in movement, your daily commute, or as you prepare for your day. However you choose to join us, we welcome you and we honor your time. Hello, I'm Heather Crabtree, and I'm a psychologist who works primarily with children, adolescents, and their families. In my work with clients and families, I often partner with schools, and I also hear a lot from my clients about the impact that school personnel have on their lives. This is such an important and valued contribution to these children's lives and society as a whole. By listening to this podcast, it is obvious how much you care about your students and that you want to continue to develop your understanding and skills. Thank you for all of all you do. I hope this will be helpful to you. Today, we will be talking about teaching self-care to students. I am sure that none of us are strangers to the large amount of studies showing the importance of self-care for all of us. Since we all strive towards greater self-care for ourselves, it certainly makes sense that we would try to teach self-care practices to our students as well. In fact, research has shown the even greater importance of starting this discussion about self-care in children. Learning to identify physical and emotional needs and beginning to care for those needs has great benefits for children and adolescents. Practicing self-care routines at a young age creates a foundation that will benefit them as adults. These practices develop healthy habits and foster independence and skill development. It can also prepare them to effectively handle future stressors. Even small acts of self-care and self-help can decrease stress, improve relationships, and promote wellness of the mind and body. I often think about this as I struggle to learn a second language, and I look at the research about how much easier it is for brains to learn a second language when we are younger. So think about self-care as a second language and how naturally that would have come to us as a younger child versus now as we try to do that more as an adult. So if, if we as adults can try to instill the importance of self-care in our students' lives, this will result in significant, long-lasting functional improvements for our students. Okay, so now that we've established how wonderful this is going to be for everybody, um, let's talk about what we're going to do about this. So as we move through this topic in this podcast, I will try to give examples of ways that we can teach students of different ages ways to be more aware of their physical and emotional needs and ways to incorporate self-care in their daily routines. Although some of the things I will talk about may be age-specific, feel free to utilize any of these suggestions for any age group or modify them as you see fit. I think it is also important to ask the kids that we work with what ideas they have. 
I'm always surprised at how creative and insightful our kiddos can be with coming up with their own recommendations for specific exercises or ways that we can modify them to be more um, just specific to to their um, desires or uh, fit their specific needs. Okay, so let's jump in. Um, one thing, one other thing that I did want to mention before we jump in um, is that it is also important to remember that children learn many things through modeling, and self-care is no different. They are looking to us for an example to follow for self-care practices. We can model self-care by acknowledging our own needs and talking about our own feelings. Kids often learn more from what we do rather than what we say. Okay, so the first step is helping kids start self-care practices. So I think it's really important to remember to start small. Just like with everything you know that we teach children, we wouldn't ask them to start practicing a bunch of things at one time. We would start with the fundamentals, the basics, do one thing at a time, right? And so self-care is no different from that. When it comes to encouraging kids to explore self-care on their own, uh, start with considering their age and developmental level. For example, for younger children, um, start with them trying to be independent with small things like blowing their own nose, um, getting their own drink. Um, make sure that they have access to the necessary items to complete these tasks. If they're having a hard time, try to break it down into even smaller steps. So um, do you know where to go to get a drink? Um, what, what you would need to do in order to get, uh, to get there? Can you remember where the, um, the cups are in the classroom? Things like that. And then if we move up from there, so for example, for middle schoolers and teenagers, see if they can independently start a project in the classroom. Um, request what they need, like a bathroom break, or get themselves to class on time. Thinking a lot about movement and creative activities, because these can provide an emotional outlet and foster connection with others. So activities like painting, coloring, molding clay, um, these are less likely to feel like a chore and more likely to feel like actual pleasant activities. Music and dance can also have a huge positive impact on a child's cognitive development, self-awareness, and physical health. As a child moves their body to the music, their brain releases endorphins, um, and this promotes well-being and improves mood. Consider playing background music or allowing children to listen to their own music um, in the classroom. Uh, this can help balance the child's mood. Um, and this also can help with things like anxiety and frustration um, as well. I'm sure you've probably um, had lots of children request uh, to listen to, to their own music in uh, the classroom. And while sometimes this can be a distraction, um, other times this can be a, a really great uh, way for self-care um, in the classroom as well. Uh, one thing that I always like to mention, too, is don't be afraid to get silly, you know, especially with younger kids. Um, silliness is such a great way to connect and to just uh, let out some difficult feelings. Um, offer to let the child be the expert and have them teach you a new dance move. Um, share a laugh together um, and, and have that connection. Ask them to tell you a joke. 
Um, try your best to put away distractions and to truly be present in these joyful moments with your students. Okay, great. So let's move on to talking specifically about elementary age children. Uh, so one idea that I really like is carving out daily quiet time. And I do like to mention that even if these are ideas that you necessarily can't use directly in the classroom, I just like talking to children about this because they can be ideas that they can implement um, at home as well. So daily quiet time um, is something that children really benefit from because it just shows the idea that our brains really need time to just slow down and to do a quiet activity. So this can be quiet singing, reading a book, listening to a kid-friendly YouTube meditation, um, and just slowing down and being mindful. Particularly for younger children, incorporating a slow down time into their routine will help train their brain to make mindful choices. Um, one really great activity that I like for slow down time is making a calm down box. And this really only takes about five minutes or so. Um, and again, this might not be part of a classroom or it could be a whole classroom activity too that you can have a, a calm down box for the whole classroom to use. Um, and so you would just basically have a box um, and you would include items that are soothing to the senses. So things like a fidget toy, a stuffed animal that's really um, soothing and calming to touch and feel, a stress ball, bubble wrap, scratch and sniff stickers, things like that. Um, and when you observe a child on the verge of a meltdown, um, encourage the child to utilize the items in the box to help regulate their emotions. It can be helpful to think of these items as special tools rather than for normal play. So it wouldn't be something that, uh, you know, for free play that a child would go get this box. It would just be used for these calm down moments. Um, and make sure that you are encouraging the child with positive language rather than making it part of a consequence. Um, and the goal is for the child eventually to recognize on their own situations where they might need this break time to use the calm down box, um, which is really great for this self-care and self-regulation. So I really like that strategy. Um, and again, this can be done in the classroom. And then if it's helpful for particular students, this could be something that you could talk with parents about to use at home as well. Um, additional self-care exercises for elementary kiddos can include practicing your breathing by blowing on a pinwheel, or I really like bubble breathing too. So, you know, having little uh, uh, containers of bubbles and, you know, practicing deep breaths um, so that you can blow all the bubbles out um, is really great. Uh, review a few things that they are grateful for the day together help them label their emotions, um, especially using visual supports for the young kids is really helpful, like feeling faces if needed. Um, and one great thing that I really like with young kids and really kids of all ages is encouraging them to drink more water. Um, I think, you know, I always have the, the tagline of just add water when anybody is upset because I think it just gives that moment of calm, um, taking a break, and then the soothing of um, feeling the water um, going in. Um, and, you know, I, I just think that that's really helpful. So a, a good thing to keep in mind for sure. 
Okay, great. One other thing that I wanted to mention here is um, talking about affirmations. I think that the words that we say to ourselves are so important and can really impact um, the way that we feel and how we react. Again, I think that this is another opportunity to instill positive habits at an early age. I like to combine affirmations with deep breathing. So I would imagine teaching a child to take a nice big deep breath in and as you breathe out, having a specific positive phrase or mantra that you would repeat to themselves. As a small child, this would be something very basic and brief, such as, I am kind, or I am loved. Um, if it is an older child, they can come up with their own positive saying that may be more specific to the situation, or something that really speaks to them. An older child may also choose to write down their affirmation or keep it in places where they will see it throughout the day, such as in their planner or in their locker. Um, some people put it like on their mirror in their bathroom um, so that they can see it when they get ready in the morning. So again, just little things that we can um, try to help be daily habits for the kids that we're working with. Okay, great. So let's move on to a few examples for middle and high schoolers. Um, one simple exercise is called the leave it at the door exercise. And the concept of this exercise is helping the student recognize that they can choose to shift their mindset. So the idea is that every time they walk through the door, such as going into a new classroom when they are switching classes for the hour, they would take a second to decide what kind of mindset they are walking in with. Now, I get it. At first, they're probably going to roll their eyes or not really think much of this strategy, right? But I think it's something that they, some students might eventually start to practice on their own with. Uh, I really like this idea because it's so important for young people to understand the power that they have and the control that they have um, over their own mindset and how powerful this really can be. Okay, so the next uh, strategy for older kids that I wanna talk about is called the three-step self-compassion break. Um, and this is really great, especially after a stressful event, um, to practice this type of break. So the first step is to acknowledge that this is a difficult moment. So literally say to yourself, this is stressful. The second step is to acknowledge that stress and suffering are parts of life, such as saying to myself, other people feel this way, I am not alone. And then the last step is to ask yourself, what can I do to be kind to myself? And so with this step, it's helpful to think about what a loved one might tell you. So like thinking, my mom might say, I am loved, I have support, or I am strong and I will get through this, or it's okay to be upset. So again, just to review, it would sound something like this. This is stressful. I'm not alone. Other people feel this way. I am loved. I have support. It's okay to be upset. And so again, does not take long to do, but it can be really helpful to just take that simple three-step break in a stressful event. 
right, good. So I just have a couple more things um, to touch base with you guys about, and then we will wrap up um, for this podcast. Um, So screens obviously are a big part of kids' lives today and our lives, for sure. Um, But engaging the senses without a screen is really important for self-care. And so, you know, part of mindfulness is trying to engage the senses so that we stay in the moment and we're not too focused on um, disengaging. Um, And being on screens can really be disengaging for sure. And so trying to take a few deep breaths um, and engaging the senses in uh, like smelling something that's pleasant to us, um, listening to music, playing with sand or Play-Doh, meditating, going for a walk, doing some stretching or yoga, um, eating something healthy, uh, those kind of things can be really helpful. Okay. So one more thing that I wanted to mention um, is the act of doing something for others. I think that this can be a really great self-care strategy and something important to instill in young people um, because it can have such a great impact for ourselves. When we take the focus off of ourselves and um, put it on to doing something for others, it can really clear our minds. Um, and really give us some great um, positive emotions. And so it can be something really big, like volunteering, but it can be something really small, like let's draw a picture for somebody that we love, um, doing the dishes when we're not asked, um, helping somebody uh, with something that they're struggling with, um, or even just saying something nice to somebody else. All right, so hopefully all of these things can give you guys some ideas to use in your classrooms and even in your personal lives. Um, The one thing that I wanted to leave you with today is five um, questions that are kind of mindful questions that I like to ask well, myself really, but also the kids that I'm working with just to kind of reflect each day um, in a positive way. So here are the five questions. Who am I connecting with today? How am I taking care of my body and mind today? What am I doing well today? What am I grateful for today? And what am I looking forward to? All right, great. So I want to leave you guys with three main points that I hope you can take away from today's podcast. Um, So first, I think that it is so important for young children and teenagers to start to incorporate self-care practices now to develop healthy habits to utilize as adults. Secondly, effective self-care practices will be things that are easily incorporated into daily routines and can care for both physical and emotional health. Examples include being able to independently perform daily activities, recognize their emotions, and tolerate and learn to enjoy downtime. And then third, mindfulness strategies in particular, like staying present in the moment, can be helpful for children to learn and utilize on a daily basis. And those include those five questions that we just discussed earlier. Who am I connecting with today? 
How am I taking care of my body and mind today? What am I doing well today? What am I grateful for today? And what am I looking forward to? Thanks so much for listening. I hope that this is helpful. On behalf of Alina Health and Change to Chill, we thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We do hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope that you join us in other episodes covering even more interesting topics with mental health providers. As always, you can find the show notes and any accompanying research and tools at the Change to Chill website at www.changetochill.org. In health and in wellness, take care and see you next time.